Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Anti-Racist Economy with Kim Creighton. As the anti-racist economist, Kim is dedicated to building a future that is supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free. And each episode, Kim and I sit down to talk about current events, pop culture, and the evolving dynamics of the workplace and how to move forward um, in the spirit of creating excuse me, psychological safety in the work environment. And Kim, I'm so happy to be back. I've been I've been absent. I was out the last two episodes. Yes, you were taking care of family. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I and I want to share uh, because one of the things we try to do on the podcast is model. Oh, first like, of all, okay. you have not introduced yeah. yourself. Oh yeah. Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kim. See, I'm out of practice after uh missing two episodes. So I'm Erin Mills. Uh, I'm the moderator and host, and I have had the pleasure of working with Kim for the last two years now. Um, and we're having a lot of fun with this podcast. And I think I'd like to think we're, we're creating a little bit of impact. Uh, so yeah. So it's interesting. I reached out to Kim. Um, I had a death in the family and, um, I reached out to Kim and I said, Kim, I'm going to need to be out for the next few weeks. And the immediate response was like, of course you do you take care of family. This is not anything you need to worry about right now. And that was it. And she just completely absolved me of any concern and gave me the peace of mind to go be with my family uh, during a time of need. And Kim, thank you for that. Um, it, it, it really was helpful uh, during the last few weeks. And then I come back and discover that the podcast continued and there were two episodes and and it was a great example of how it's just like, absolutely, you do you, and we're going to just keep moving. And so, yeah, how'd you come up with that plan so quickly? I was shocked. <laughs> well, um, you shouldn't be shocked. Nah, I shouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I was delighted. I was yes. delighted. Okay, that's it. Well, it was, it was, that's how supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free works. Um, in that moment, you needed to be prioritized. And so... Um, I initially thought, because um, we're, we, we say the first and third, but uh, every first and third th Tuesday we'll have an episode, but we haven't, because life happens, we haven't always kept to that. But what I thought was, particularly since we're doing this in batches now, since we're doing two at a time kind yeah. of thing, I was like, you know what? I talked to my assistant. I was like, let me bring in these two white folks who, who I know that I've challenged. And because of my challenges, they've grown and become so good. And they're practicing or, you know, act actively demonstrating a consistent anti-racist practice. When they fuck up, I can tell them and they come and they bounce back and they are really good examples of how to do this work. And I was like, well, you know, I don't need to be off. Um, Aaron's taking care of family. So let me just go on and do this. And talking to those two individuals is like having our regular conversation anyway. So if people heard those, that's how we talk. So it was, it was just, it was a great time to catch up because I hadn't talked to them. So it was, it was like several birds with one stone. And um, again, you had to prioritize you and your family. And I didn't want um, yeah, I just didn't feel like it was a need. There was nothing on my plate that would have said, oh, I can't do this. So I just like, yeah. hey, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. when I reached out to them, they were like, of course. And we, 
I mean, I think you told me at the beginning of the week and by that Wednesday and Thursday, I had recorded one on Wednesday and recorded the other one on Thursday and got it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. And, yeah. and I think, uh, it just, I just think it just goes to show that, like, you know, it's really a lot of the times I think as we operate in business, there's a rigidity, there's a, there's a rigidity and there's like, what if I'm, you know, there's, there's also a, what if I'm not there? What if I can't do this? And like, it's okay. Like, and, and, and managers and leaders should be modeling that, like modeling that, that agility is, is required and necessary to create, you know, these environments that are nurturing. And, um, and it's one of the reasons why you need processes, procedures, and policies in place. Because those things take care of the everyday mundane routine things. So they leave you space for these things when they happen. But if you don't have policies, procedures, and processes in place, everything is helter-skelter. Everything you're having to every time start from scratch over things that you do often. Whereas you have those and you have those on a you know, routine and you know what to, you have the documentation. If, some, if you're out, you can hand it to somebody else and they can take over while you're out that kind of thing. And then you leave space for things like this. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we do. It's interesting. We have a script, we have an editing team. It really, so it's really just like swap out white person. <laughs> that's, that's what it's, I, I'm going to be honest. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> I, it was not, I was uh -huh. not going to bring a black person or a brown person or just, uh -huh. I was swapping out white to white because of the nature of this podcast. That's now right. in another podcast, maybe I would do, or another thing I would think more um, uh, more, uh, think about more diversity, but no, I was like, who are two white folks who I can, you know, um, who have, mo who, who can model this behavior. And so that, yep, that's what it was. That's great. And the fact that you don't take it personally, I just love it. Of course not. Like I was so excited. I was like, this is great. It's moving. And you and I even talked at the very beginning that we wanted to have guests. Mm -hmm. And so there we go. So not only like, did it solve the problem, but it moved us forward. It took yes. the podcast into a different like hemisphere because now we you know it's a broader audience more folks getting involved so yeah so that's good well we wanted to center the conversation today around agility and pivoting and being able to constantly ev evaluate where you're at what's working what's not working and again current business practices i think they talk a lot about change and evolution most don't really know how to do it <laughs> well most really don't actually want to do it um particularly it. when you let's let's be honest yeah particularly when you actually have an authentic conversation and let them know what it will entail most folks are like okay yeah i didn't i didn't sign up for all that yeah i thought i could do you know flip a switch or do this thing and it will be change and it's like no um that's why you have chaos <laughs> Um, if you're talking about change that's rooted in supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free, it's thoughtful, it's strategic, it's slow, <laughs> it's, um, it's, um, it's, it requires constant evaluation, constant feedback, um, and it's more than I'm going to say most leaders want because most leaders aren't in uh, most leaders are in leadership because they started something or they know somebody or so most people in leadership aren't leaders because they have the qualifications for leadership and i need people to understand that because i just i'm going to take a side little tangent before we get to the trigger and maybe this could be a part of the trigger but i've just been tweeting about or not tweeting because i'm on several platforms now but about the situation about I'm in these groups and i'm seeing people who are in management position but not in leadership position and they know that their company is about to have layoffs, 
but leadership is saying, do not articulate that to people. And you're making these managers complicit in the harming of other people. So they're sitting around when people are actively asking, is my job in jeopardy? Should I be looking for another one? And you're being told not to say anything. That's fucking shitty. Um, that is that is so short-term thinking. That is so not thinking about long-term welcoming and psychological safety because whoever, if, if you do that to these people, not only have you harmed them because um, they could have had other opportunities, but the people who are left behind, you've destroyed that trust. Why should yeah. they trust you ever again? And so this, this short-term thinking, this, 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 this way of how leadership is, yeah, it's just, it's problematic. There is no, people pivot, organizational um, determinants, organizational requirements, resources, all those things change. Articulate that, be honest. But if you have no culture of being honest and straightforward and people trust you, it's a reason why you can't tell people the truth. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. I know. And it's been interesting. There's obviously been massive layoffs this last year. And what I always find interesting is on LinkedIn, what folks have to say after the layoff. A lot of people go now to social media, they use it as a platform and they talk about like whether or not how it was handled, right? And whether or not it was handled with trust and dignity and respect. Um, and that, so and, and what people, what these leaders don't understand, and I put leaders in air quotes, is, is that other people are watching. Exactly. So it's not just who's left behind, but who you want to hire in the future. Right. People remember this. Agreed. Agreed. And I know it, it, it's funny. The motivation should be be a good human. <laughs> but instead, the, motiv the motivation, even from a just a sheer business perspective, is like, well, I would say well, no. You know. I don't, I would say that's not a good, because that, that's no, mm -mm. I would, I challenge that because be a good human needs to be, needs to be defined. Without a definition, there are plenty of people think, out here think they're being good humans by their behavior. You see it with uh, people who think they're allies. <laughs> Um, and so I would rather you not be a good human. I would, I don't like that because that's that family shit. Uh, uh, my organization is a family. No, it's not. It's a business. Um, right. and it has business imperatives that must be met for us to be profitable and stay in business. Um, I would prefer instead of being good humans, this is how we handle a, a, a process that says, this is how we handle layoffs. <laughs> right. Okay. I understand. Take the subjectivity out of it. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay. Exactly. I hear that. I hear that. Because again, what we have is uh, we, particularly if you're talking about marginalized and vulnerable who are coming into these homogenous communities, these homogenous folks think they're good humans already. That's a great point. And that's why they keep pushing back on, oh, it, let's be apolitical. Yeah, it's easy to be apolitical when you are the default. My life is political. I cannot be apolitical. Me buying a home, the home that I'm living in is political due to loans, redlining, all these other things. So yeah, I don't want you to be a good, be a good human to your family. That's who deserves that. I need you to be a good, a good leader. And a leader is able to articulate certain things in good and bad times and indifferent. Yeah. I'm glad we had that conversation. I wasn't I am too. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. And it's very important. Isn't it interesting how much of this is like syntax, 
and, and, and you know what I mean? Like just being so crisp on. Um, and that's why, that's why vocabulary is something to me. Words, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why I'm so particular. And that's why when people try to challenge me, y'all don't understand how much I've thought about the words that I've said. Mm-hmm. I don't just, I'm not an Elon Musk. I'm not just out here just shitting out tweets right. uh, because I ain't got shit else to do. Um, obviously, because, you know, he's on there way too much to be running all these damn companies. Um, but I think very deeply and strategically and intentionally about the things I say and the things I write and the things I do. And so, yeah, be a good person sounds great, but I've seen what that looks like. And it's chaotic. It's harmful. Um, You be a good person to the people outside your job. I don't need, I need you to be a good leader. I need you to be a good manager. I need you to be a good individual contributor. Um, And that's based on your roles and responsibilities that have been defined and outlined in process of procedures and policies. Have you ever had a a good leader from your perspective? Just I can say when I was in education, the last leadership team I had between my principals and my assistant principals, they were good leaders. Um, and let me explain to you why. There's a lot of bullshit happens at the administ- at the county level or whatever, you know, the administrative, um, in, in the county or city where the, where the top superintendents and stuff are doing their stuff. Our sp- school was so insulated by our, our managers, our leadership, principals mm-hmm. and assistant principals, that we only heard about the bullshit if it actually impacted us. And then there was a strategy for how to do that. So wow. if you, and so that's the thing. Don't come to me telling me the damn that the the the, the building is on fire and we don't have an exit to get out the building. Because mm-hmm. now I'm just running around on fire. What's what's the you didn't you all you did was increase my anxiety and all this other right. stuff. So they were very good, and it was an all black staff, um, and they were very good at protecting us. They only told us what we need to what we needed to know, and they kept the other shit to themselves and worked that out. Um, even when it was one something one on one. Oh, and also I love them because um, again at that time I was I was going to be exiting and trying to start. So that last year, um, although I was a special needs teacher, they recognized my skills as a um, as a crisis uh, manager, mm-hmm. as a uh, a disciplinarian. And as a someone who could do some counseling. So basically what I did was my kids was push them into a gen ed class. If it was math with a, a teacher who, who could, who really liked my students, who can really um, help why the other students were working on like calculus or whatever, they would be like trying to helping them engage at their, at their level. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't going to be doing calculus, but they were, you know, they were part of the class, you know, they make sure they were part of the class. And what I did was discipline and counseling. Most of the time I had students, I mean, I literally had a student who no teacher wanted to deal with. And she was in my classroom every day. And they just sent her work to me. Me and this, me and this young lady got along great because she knew where her boundaries were with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them to see that in me and was like, let Creighton do what Creighton does. Yeah. And that was where I really, when I say that education helped prepare me for that, that last year really helped me prepare for this work because I was really doing the, like I said, the discipline, the counseling, the, Hey, these are strong boundaries. This is da da da. 
um when they got mad at me i would like uh i was like tell me you love me no <laughs> uh-uh. you don't just because you're angry you don't withhold love so i would make them like give me a hug you know because, <laughs> because they were so used to they were so used to in their lives when their parents are angry with them they don't get any affection and i'm like no i can be angry with you and still love you and still care about you and so i was dem- i realized now i was demonstrating that then that's awesome you just said something that i love never heard it before. Let Creighton do what Creighton does. And I think that is like a beautiful way to describe your business and where you're at now, which is what we want to talk about today. Um, let Creighton do what Creighton does. Yep. That's, and that's what I've been telling. And it's so funny because that's what my whole life has been about. My, even as a child, when people say, how did you, I was like, I was like this as a child, but people told me I was inappropriate. And I was like, and all I wanted to do was be my, just leave me alone. I'm not bothering anybody. Leave me alone. Actually, I'm here to, I, I can add some, even when I was a child, I can add too. But you wanted to come in a certain way that was comfortable for you. And that was not comfortable for me. And so that is a good segue into the trigger because that is what this is. Allow people to br- do you are on my team because I recognize you have certain skills that I don't want to deal with. So I allow Aaron to do Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'm not a manager or a leader who has that. Yes, I need to have my eye on things, but I don't need to have my hand in things. Oh, I've never said that before. That's I, I was just going to say that's a beautiful distinction. Yes. So a as a leader, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm evaluating, I'm, I'm, I'm observing, but I don't need to be doing. Yeah, that's a big, and I, that's a big distinction. Um, I, uh, I hire people who are good at the doing. Mm-hmm. It's not that I can't do, but it becomes a challenge to, to, to observe and do as well. Mm-hmm especially yeah. across a, the various um, things that need to go on in a successful organization. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely not a micromanager. I mean, you've seen me, I'm that person who, I, I have an idea, I'm gonna give you what I'm looking for, but other than that, I'm waiting for you to bring me something back so I can evaluate the thing you bring back. Correct. Correct. So, so I'm not going to say this is what I want, but I want blue ink and that. No, 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 no. I, these are these are the outcomes I want. What is your strategy for getting me those outcomes? That's something I can now evaluate and say, OK, now we can. Th- I see this part. That part's going to be a challenge. That, But now I have something to evaluate on. It's not subjective mess. It's not subject. It is. Uh, I'm evaluating something that's objective. Mm hmm. I can see yeah. that. It's like, if, if, if y'all can see Aaron right now, her eyes went up to the left and she's like, okay, yeah. That's, that's my thinking face. It's yeah, funny. exactly. My I can son, see the wheels burn. I can see the wheels burn. My, my son does the same thing. My husband calls it the thousand yard stare. It's true. Ah. I just sort of, <laughs> I do. That's my, those are my wheels turning. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because so many times I love the, like, synchrony that we have because I was about to say out like you care about the outcomes and you go it's the outcomes like I was just thinking about that and how it is really outcome-based like leadership and yeah. just having the trust and having the team as a part of it like you have to be very discerning in who you surround yourself with and have the yeah. trust and and also be really decisive like you have to be able to make decisions give them what they need to be successful but then 
as you said, hands off, eyes well, that's on. a great way to go into the trigger because I've been struggling with that. I've had issues with that as with this pivot, with mm -hmm. um, having people who I care about working in my business and when they don't show up as they promised and as I paid for, I struggle because I'm always thinking about the most vulnerable. I rarely put myself in the position of most vulnerable. And then I, it allows a situation to go on longer than it should. Um, and then it ends up being, even though I, I've had conversations, I don't put it off, but I, um, I'm in negotiating mode more than I should be. That's what I say. I mean, sure. hey, you're still not doing what you said you're going to do longer than I should. Um, and what I would do with someone who um, who I don't have a personal relationship with. Um, and that becomes hard as I'm thinking about, you know, when people are pivoting into new roles within an organization, they were your peer and now you're managing them. You know, how do you, how does, how does, how do you negotiate that? How all these, these pivots are, are part of, it's, I mean, the only constant in this world is change. And for, and that is the one thing that people fight the hardest against. The one thing that is the most constant, that's the only constant is change, is the thing that we fight hardest against. And I've just gotten to a point at, at this point in my life and this point in my business that I'm embracing that change now. And um, another problem was I saw bringing in attorneys as a negative. And I now see that very differently. I saw that as now I see me bringing in my attorney. They are trained to have conversations that I can't have. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, at this point now, <laughs> if, it, if I've had, I may extend two conversations, but other than that, I'm bringing in the attorney if it doesn't. And that doesn't mean that there's a problem. It means maybe... I need to step back and have this person kind of have a conversation about, do you understand what Kim's trying to tell you? Correct. <laughs> well, and it's like, Harry, we're hearkening back to that word objectivity. Yes. Objectivity, right? Like that's what the attorney provides, not to mention obviously the expertise, right? The subject matter expertise, but that objectivity, same thing with an accountant or yes. any, I mean, it's like, yes. you need to have those people in your business life. And um, again, and again, I, I really appreciate what you said about the be a good human sentiment, but whatever that sentiment is, where our intentions as a person come through into business, it gets muddy. It gets yes. muddy, especially when friends and family are involved or it, as those relationships develop, sometimes someone starts as a colleague, they become a friend yes. because of the trust, yes. right? Like, so it's, it's convoluted certainly. Yes. And, and it gets messy. And this is why when people say, um, particularly leadership, oh, we're a family, don't say that because families are manipulative. Don't do that. I know what the intention is. Right. But the impact, because I don't give a shit about the intention, the impact can be very hostile, very chaotic, very harmful. And I would rather us not be considered a family and you respect me for the what you hired me for, for the contrib uh, contribution that I can make to the organization. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the word team? no problem with team because that's that's that games whatever you know people that yeah. that that could be a team of anybody that could be a team of uh of horses you know it, it's it's a, <laughs> uh, you know so yeah I don't have a problem with team um because it's just for me it's a 
I want to say benign, but mm, but I'll use benign because I can't. It's a benign way to talk about a collective. That's all for me. That's how okay. I. But again, it's about defining terms, though, right? Yes, it is. It is. It's about what do you mean by team and what do you mean by team? And for me, it's just how I describe a group of people that are working on the same thing (laughs) or working or working towards the same outcomes. Mm -hmm. And when you think about family, that is not always the case. That is true. And it has very, yeah, talking about subjective, right? Everyone's going to have a very different uh, relationship. Everybody's not working to the same outcomes, all kinds Mm -hmm. of crap. (laughs) Uh (laughs) you're right it's like how not to model your business basically for probably most of us um so kim let's talk about so the trigger itself um would would we would you i mean you articulated it just ultimately having a kind of a confluence of deliverables right a lot of things that were in the works Mm -hmm. uh that just didn't materialize in the way that you'd hoped not the outcomes that you believed you were going to receive right and that caused you to reevaluate sort of the, your 2023 strategy on how to move forward. Uh, yes. Am I articulating that you think correctly? No, Do you want no, to add no. to that? That is very, that is very much um, well articulated. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of words, yes. um, but yeah. And so, I mean, accordingly, you have decided you've made some wholesale, do I say wholesale changes just in terms yeah. of like how you want to operate this year? And, oh yeah, I mean, and, I, I, my business is completely different and that is where um, yeah, um, I recently signed, uh, um, established the, um, the Futures Free LLC, which is gonna, which is, um, the production company. And you weren't here the last two weeks, but I talked about me leaving my publisher. And so it's going to be the first thing we publish. And I, we just signed a contract with a new distributor and printer. Um, so um, cause we have a deadline by the end of March to get everything moved over to the, 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 um, the production company. And again, when you're talking about pivoting, I didn't intend to move the, you know, particularly right just as the book's coming out, you know, but it was a long-term strategy, a long-term plan. And it just, because I want to do, um, live events that I produce. Um, I want to, so this, this, um, the future is free LLC is an umbrella company for, um, for publisher, for media production, for a production company, um, where it's going to be my content. And I want to work with other people who, who want to, cause again, it's me building a business to model. And this is, this is my first stab at, um, um, anti-racist Hollywood. So it, it worked. I just did, you know, I just didn't plan it happening this way and this soon, but I'm happy it's done. It forced us to, 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 you know, get started on it. And what, and then when I talk, think about my attorney, when I brought her in, it made so things so much, so much smoother. I mean, she literally did all the research for, um, where we're going to go, how we're going to move. And that left me space to continue working on the things that our work, work was working on was trying to get these doggone pre-orders out. Um, and so I, and so that was just even my, I, I've been, I've saw attorneys as adversarial, but she's not a, she's a corporate attorney. She's not a litigator. <laughs> litigator. Yeah. So that, and yeah. so I was like, 
Cause that, and that was one of the reasons I didn't want to bring it in with my friends, you know, cause that's like, that's so harsh. And, and, and just bringing her into the conversations made thing because she was talking to their attorney and they speak attorney. So it sure made, they, do. It, they made things so much easier. And then we got on the call, their attorney, I was telling, she wanted to know about the book and everything. So it was like such a, because mm-hmm. we watch so much television or whatever, and we see all these adversarial <laughs> sitting across the table, these white dudes. That, that's not what that was. And that was my fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, because I prioritize other people's way more often than I should not. Let me that. I, I rarely put myself in, in the equation when it comes to when it comes to evaluating the most vulnerable. And I, I, I'm stopping doing that. I'm, I'm going to start putting myself in and be like, okay. Yes, they're vulnerable in certain situations, but since I paid them, they're not the most vulnerable, you know, and put some actual variables there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to your point, the variables, they are variables. Like yes. I was vulnerable during a period of loss in my family. Yes. Like you're vulnerable at this juncture. Like it's it's consistently evolving and changing. And yes. so you have to have like an adaptive strategy. And this is why managed unmanaged feelings in the workplace, I believe, are the most unchecked, unevaluated, unresearched hit to profitability, morale, um, competitive advantage, and innovation. Because we're all in a in in a cesspool of feelings, right? You never yep. know what somebody's dealing with. And if you don't have those processes, procedures, and policies in place, when someone's in ex- in a state of anxiety or just duress or distress, everything falls. Now it's because it's it's, it's personal. Yeah. When I have those things, it makes that person. It makes it like, oh God, I don't have to. Ah, okay. I can go to this thing. I don't have to think. I can't think right now, but I can follow this process. It just mm-hmm. makes things easier. Yeah. Something that you said, because again, one of our goals is to empower folks listening with strategies for their own careers. Uh-uh. Let me, let's stop. We're not empowering sure. anybody. Empowering. I, uh, yep. Empower. We can empower or motivate other people. We can provide the situations or the conditions for them to empower and motivate themselves. So that's what we're doing. We're providing the conditions and the, the information so that they can empower themselves. Good distinction. Because that's in, in, those things are intrinsic. And I'm again, it's about words. Mm-hmm. Because if you go with the thing, uh, with the idea that I'm empowering someone, you're out, you're setting yourself up for failure because you can't make somebody feel empowered. You right. can't make somebody feel motivated. They Correct. have to, that is in, that is internal. Yeah. And not to mention, it's a bit of a hierarchical statement yes. too, to it. Well, to that's imply supremacy. That I have, that's, yeah, that's supremacy. supremacy. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. To imply that I have, yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad we record these for my own sake, because I always go back and I think, what would I do differently? Um, But I think the fact that you outlined, you always knew you wanted to have a media company. It's something you've discussed with me. It was part of your long-term strategy. And I think it's, it's, it just shows everyone that just knowing it, just, just jotting it down, just having it in your mind then when the door opens, like, again, you had no idea this was going to be the conduit to it. It wasn't part of the timeline right now. It was so but- funny because my, I, I was even like freaking, my, my assistant was on the call. She was like, Kim, this is what you, I was like, oh, you're right. Because I had articulated to her, this is something I wanted. Right. But in that moment, I was emotional and couldn't get there. And she was like, because she was the objective person at that time, because the stuff wasn't happening to her. Right. She was like, Kim, no, because I was like, what am I going to do? She's like, self-publish. That's what you want. Ah, okay. <laughs> right, right. 
but it, but it, 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 but again, again, whether whether it's a policy, a procedure, or just even a goal, goals and objectives. Yes. The fact that you had documented that, the fact that you had shared it with her, she helped you quickly connect those dots and provided the support you needed in that moment to be like, wait, this actually is according to plan. Yes. This is actually ahead of schedule. <laughs> exactly. We're just, we're just going to move forward. And so yeah. it's just having that clarity even if it's frustrating, you don't know how you're going to get there, but just having that clarity that that is the outcome. Again, yes. this is what we're talking about. Yes. I love that. And being, and, and articulating that, even if it's just a, 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 a off the wall comment, like, you know what? I want to, I would, da, 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 da. I've had some to my assistant and um, someone else are very good at throwing those things back. At, well, Kim, you talked about this three years ago. So but I'm like, <laughs> oh, thank you. Cause they know my memory sucks. <laughs> And that's another reason I don't like to get my hands in, in, in other people's stuff, because I know what my ADHD brain does. And mm -hmm. so I don't want to go meddling in your stuff. That's your process. As long as I get the outcome that I need and you've done it in an ethical way that follows su supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free. I don't care how we get there. Right. Agreed. Agreed. But I will say what I think the expectation and hope is, is always that you don't care how you get there, but keep me informed along the way. Like, I think that's a good oh, reciprocal relationship. Like, that's really important because how do you know, communication is so important. How do you know that you're tracking to the same outcome? Maybe the outcome has changed. Maybe what yes. you're, what you're finding in your quest to do the outcome is you're realizing I actually can't deliver this or I yes. can't deliver it in the way that you and need so it. So many people are so afraid to have that conversation. Yeah. And so they ghost. Yeah. One of the people who I uh, was a good friend and now we're, I have no animosity, but I would never work with them again because right. I paid you to do something. You didn't do it. And you should have or been able safe enough to articulate to me that you had some other shit going on. You didn't. I'm out of my money and I didn't get the thing that I asked for. And I had started my attorney on that process, but I know she, this person doesn't have the money to give me. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to chalk that off as a loss. Mm -hmm with the understanding that they lost a lot in doing that and making that decision to ghost mm -hmm. um, because they didn't reach out again until my attorney reached out. And then it was like, oh, oh, nope, nope. And I get it. That's like you said, you had a death in the family. You said, right, they, I don't know what they had, but yeah. I would have thought we were close enough that they could articulate that to me and we could have figured something out. Mm -hmm. But so, and I get it. We're so living in a society where we can't make mistakes. We can't, we are not allowed, particularly black folks, particularly black women, we are not allowed to drop the ball there, even if we're spending 20 plates. Yeah. So I get it. And also I get again that so everything else is in the matrix and I'm outside the matrix. So I extend grace and I wish them well. I just don't want to work with them again. And so one of the things that I'm pivoting to, because again, and, and, and you know this, but the audience, my assistant is leaving. And one of the things that I was trying to do, because she's leaving at the end of this month, I was trying to like run around like, oh, I need somebody to replace her. And my, the voice in my head is just like, slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Be soft. So when she leaves, I'm going to take everything, because this is new again, every, and put it back in my lap. Learn my business again, because it's a totally new business and the perfect person will show up. Because if I'm doing the whole spinning around, it's not going to work for me. 
so yeah, that was a lot going. I'm going back to a one person team um, outside of, you know, folks like you um, who are volunteering your time and your resources and yeah, but I have to go, I have to go back to re heart reset. So this is a heart reset. And too many people are afraid to do that. And I know, and it just popped in my head. I know why, because they don't have a business. They don't have the things. I. If this business closed tomorrow, I could start another. <laughs> but yeah. I have so many damn ideas. I have, I, I could start another one. And so it's frightening because most people have created a job for themselves. All they've done is replace who's the boss. And I don't use that term at all, but that's what they've done. They've changed, they've replaced who's the boss with themselves. And even though I am, it's going to be me because I have this team, I get to take time off. I can, I take every third week of the month off because I need time off, but my business doesn't fall apart because people know what they're supposed to be doing. I have processes, procedures, and policies in place. I don't have to check in. Uh, my assistant actually gets pissed off when she sees me in Asana. Like, what the hell are you doing in Asana? <laughs> so I have a business because I have things in place. I can walk, I can, I could go away for a month and my business is because people, before I leave, I make sure people understand what, what they need to be working on, what the outcomes are. And y'all need to communicate with each other and only call me when you need it. So what do you say to that person who says, you're right. Like I, I'm gripped with fear. I don't have that level of liberation in my professional life. You know, um, what's your advice to that person? Embrace supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free. Because if you embrace that for yourself, then that's what your company becomes. And that's why the book is Know Thyself. That was the first part. You have to do that work on yourself first. Because you have to address what you're fearing. What's stopping you from moving forward? What's stopping you from making those changes? What's stopping you from doing those pivots? What's stopping you from going, making those calls? You have to figure that out because you can't hand that over to somebody else because that's your shit. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the hard work. Being a leader, everybody wants to be a leader. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart. As we see politically, as we see organizationally, these mediocre, unremarkable white dudes, nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. They want to have, they want to have the power, but the outcomes, the impact, mm -mm, it wasn't me. <laughs> so it takes a, we don't see many models of that. What does that look like to, to say the buck stops here, whatever happens, I can deal with it. Will it be hard, easy? No, it's uncomfortable as fuck. But I, I'm that person again. I say I was like this as a child. I've always been that person. I want to be responsible. If you're going to hold me accountable for something, let me know all the shit so I understand it. Mm -hmm. I was that child. Don't go in the woods being, huh, there's something in them woods they don't want me to see. So let me evaluate. Am I, am I willing to get in trouble for this? Yep, I am. Let me go in the woods. <laughs> and because I was able to do that, that's just who I've always been. And I get that everybody doesn't have that. Um, but it's something you can develop. 
it is something you can develop. And you can also just critically look at yourself and what you need. And if you don't have that, then what kind of people do you want to surround yourself with? Yes. What kind of what kind of information do you need to your point? What's in the woods? What what kind of questions do you need to ask? Because yes. it's know? like like the, like they just said, what's in what's in there? What is that that what is the boogeyman? And, and then when I go out, I'm like, I don't see shit. What are y'all afraid of? And that's another thing that I I don't trust people's opinions. And that's why everything for me, most things have to be for my lived experience. Now I'm not gonna try heroin because I didn't see what that shit looked like. But um, I'm gonna I'm I want to experience. That's why I went to school, and that's why I stopped going to school because I had to have that experience for myself so I can tell people, yeah, yeah, the academia is gaslighting the hell out of y'all. <laughs> um, and with the work that I'm doing, supremacy, coercion, discrimination, exploitation, free. I recognize again, didn't realize it at the time. I was stressing myself, trying to finish this program, even though I was already working with my clients and I had it. I mean, I'm doing my own research, trying to get this doctorate and then recognizing once I got, that's a barrier between, if we want to talk about straight, no chaser. Yes. I can't, I can't, I can't go, um, you know, hoodnomics. I can't go to talk about street level with a doctor is on my name. I just can't because that's more of that elitist uh, Silicon Valley, Wall Street bullshit. I can't talk about, I didn't, I reckon, I don't want to talk about the economy from a, <laughs> I want to talk about the economy from an everyday, I want everyday people from the person who works at Mar Walmart, from the person who drives the truck, from the person who does the lawn, from the person who's a teaching kids, from the person who works at the bank. I want everybody to be able to have an informed conversation about the economy. And that does not require a degree from a school. I, I earned my degree. I earned everything I, I say, I've lived it. I've earned it. You can't take that away from me. And I love that you said, you know, whether it's the person at Walmart, whatever, I would say that some of the best examples of leadership I've ever seen are at retail, at a quick service restaurant. And I, I just- And I think yet they don't understand how the whole over, overall economy works. No. And, and, and so to your point, because they're so good at that, imagine if they had that information. Exactly, and access, exactly. Yes, exactly. And that's, not, that's the whole point because mm -hmm. We can't push back if we don't have information, if we are not knowledgeable, if we're ignorant. We need more tools in our toolbox. hundred percent. Well, I'm excited. Well, we've made this a two-parter and I'm glad we did because we just knew going into it that we're never going to be able to cram all this into one episode. So. Yes. Our plan is to dive into now what the go forward plan is in our yes. next episode, episode 11, but we'd be remiss to not have our normal segment, uh, why can't two bitches be joyful? So before we segue to the next episode, what are you joyful about this week, Kim? Um, ah, I got, I, I got a message. When I say got a message, it's like a thought comes in my head. Um, it's time to go back to LA. Didn't tell you about this. Oh, you did not tell me. When yeah. are you going? Um, so let me tell you what happened. So I was, um, I got the message Monday and I was like, yeah, whatever. And yeah, you know, like mm -mm. yesterday I was at my yoga class talking to my yoga, um, teacher and we were, um, 
And I was like, I think I'm about to do. And she's like, yep. So I came home and this is what I want. Came home, booked my accommodations, booked my travel and booked my car. I'll be there from the April 11th. And it says specifically, you need to go in in April. It says go in. It didn't say nothing. It's like, you need to go to LA in April. So I'm gonna be there from the 11th to the 17th. But let me tell you what happened. So I reached out to one of my friends who um, is a recent um, advising client who I blew his mind. And I, well, he, he, he's so funny because he has a set of triplets and uh, a, a one, one younger than that, all under five. So he has four kids all under five. God bless him. <laughs> and so I sent a message to him saying, I had already booked everything. Well, let me go back. I end up booking my flight with my miles. So I don't have to pay $12. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. Round trip. So I only have to pay $12. And then, um, so I had booked my Airbnb and he was like, oh, the family's going to be in Germany because they're from Germany. You can come, you and Belle can come stay with me. There so you I go. have a place. To let, so I, so that's $1,400 I didn't have to spend. And now all I have to do is face my, this, the car from Turo. And that was, this was less than 500 bucks. So That's not awesome. only am I going, but it's not costing me much of anything to go. So and, and I don't know what, but there's yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. That's something there. Yeah. It just I, worked out. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And it's, isn't it the way, at least that's my, that's been my spiritual path is when something is supposed to happen, it just happens. And all of these, falls you know, in these, place. these moments of, of grace just appear and it just all falls into place. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because he's the first white dude that I came across in tech who went out of his way to help me. He was with the organization at the time I was doing, um, um, I had this, this website and this uh, uh, effort called Junior Develop, um, 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 men Junior Mentoring Develop. So uh, well, basically it was, it was mentoring. I was trying to put together a resource for mentoring junior developers. And he came, and so we were working on, uh, we were gonna do a mentoring program where people, and people might not know what GitHub is, but it's it's this open source place where people have code that's open to the public and people can work on it. And we were gonna have people from the organizations to submit code so people can work on it and they can mentor them through the working through it. And he came from, he was living in Boston at the time. I saw something on, on Twitter. This is what I, I'm so upset, well, I'm not upset about Elon anymore, but what he's destroying. Um, and, I said, hey, how can he was talking about something? And I was like, hey, could you bring that here? And he brought it to us. Wow. Yeah. And so we had this great event with people from, we had um, projects from all over the world and people in a room being mentored on, 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 on this, um, writing this code and fixing, because it was like fixing bugs that they had, like, <laughs> like simple bugs. So that they got bugs fixed, but people got their experience on, on doing that. So yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So that's where I got, that's what I've done besides the, the setting, um, you know, launching the, the public, the pub, um, the production company. That's huge. It's so huge. Yeah. I'm going to be the Tyler Perry of, um, business. I'm going to have my damn name on everything. <laughs> 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 Are you going to build a big studio in Manhattan or in oh, Atlanta area? But what, but what's, what was really interesting is, was I realized, because what was happening was I realized that I'm the headliner. 
And I, this is my work and I can't, uh, I can't abdicate that to anybody else. So that was another good can a bitch be joyful, just sitting in centering myself in my work. Well, I'll say it again. Let Creighton be Creighton. There you go. And what about you? You know, I'm really excited. Each of, I have three kids. So I, I mean, I can't rival the twins and the under five, but mine are all very close in age. And so I was at a period of my time, I had three under three. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm really, I, for most of my joy comes from, from, from them and from uh, being able, this week I was able to volunteer a few times at the school. And that's to your point oh. about having your own business. And, and that, this doesn't necessarily mean you have to have your own company, your own business, but managing your professional life in a way that affords you yes. the opportunities you need to do to feel whole on the other side of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm able to engineer my schedule um, in a way that, allows me to go to the media center and be the library mom. Oh, me to be, I yeah. got to be, I got to be the guest reader. I got to go in and read to my son's class as a surprise. So yeah. I've had a, a series of those. Um, and it's like my, my favorite, the best way to spend my time. I love going into the classroom and it's not without sacrifice. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Do, do I engineer my day? certain way? sure. But that means I have to make sacrifices, but I have the opportunity to make those sacrifices. Yes. I don't have someone saying to me, you have to be here. You have to do this. Uh, and I try to extend the same latitude to my team because I just believe it's so important because what makes us feel whole outside of work is different for everyone. And so I just think yes. having the, again, agility where we started the conversation to get your work done, but to do things that are important to you, uh, which may very well fall during business hours, right? Yes, exactly. So, exactly. so that's, that's bringing me a lot of joy lately, just being able to, to, to take advantage of that. So yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, again, that goes to um that's not about we're a family. That's about I respect that you have a life outside of work. Mm -hmm. Um and 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 we're not seeing that. And we can end on the fact that, and I want to, this is this is a the person who people are speculating who might come in as um, Twitter's new CEO is the CEO of Boring, the company that drills tunnels that's not been successful. But um, he, his wife, and their newborn have been living at Twitter headquarters. If that is not out of sync, I don't know what is. Think about you are a mother of a newborn and you're breastfeeding in a company where you got to go pee. You, you have, you have your cycle, all of that is uh, no, no, ain't no way in here. <laughs> yeah. And that there's nothing about that, that is supremacy, coercion, discrimination, exploitation free. And we can end there because I need people to understand that's what they're trying to take us back to though. That's what all the fight is about. Agree. All right. Well, that's a good tune in uh, to next episode where we're going to talk about how that supremacy, coercion, discrimination, exploitation free movement moves forward through Kim's work in FY23 and the three initiatives that she has pegged as the primary focus uh, for the year ahead. So, with that, we will see you next time on episode 11. Uh, uh, we are laying the foundation for a future that is hopeful, authentic, and strategic in action. Will you join us?